widening Mideast crisis militia blamed for attack on U.S. forces says it will halt military activity. Alyssa J., Ruben Gaia Gupta Eric Schmidt Anushka Patil Gal Kopelwitz Adam Raskin Ronan Bergman. Here's what we know. The Pentagon says the Iran-linked militia in Iraq was probably responsible for a lethal drone strike in Jordan. The Iraq-based militia, Qatibi Hezbollah, hints at pressure from Iran and Iraq. HTTPS colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash live slash 2024 slash 01 slash 31 slash world slash Israel dash Hamas dash war dash Gaza dash news hash sign Jordan dash drone dash Iran dash Iraq dash Qatibi dash Hezbollah. Israel repeats its calls for halting funds to the UN agency that aids Gaza. HTTPS slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash live slash 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 world slash Israel Hamas war Gaza news hashtag Israel repeats its calls for halting funds to the agency that aids Gaza. Biden says he has decided on a response to a lethal militia attack in Jordan. HTTPS colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash live slash 2024 slash 01 slash 31 slash world slash Israel dash Hamas dash war dash Gaza dash news hash sign Biden dash Jordan dash drone dash strike dash response. Israeli forces open fire on the grounds of another hospital in Gaza, an aid group says. HTTPS colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash live slash 2024 slash 01 slash 31 slash world slash Israel dash Hamas dash war dash Gaza dash news hash sign Israel dash Gaza dash al dash Hamal dash hospital. An Israeli charity that helps Palestinians grapples with the October 7th attacks. HTTPS colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash live slash 2024 slash 01 slash 31 slash world slash Israel dash Hamas dash war dash Gaza dash news hash sign road dash to dash recovery dash Israel dash charity dash Hamas dash Gaza. As fighting rages in Gaza City, some residents are forced to move again. HTTPS slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash live slash 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 world slash Israel Hamas war Gaza news hashtag as fighting rages in Gaza City some residents are forced to move again. The Israeli military confirms that it has begun flooding Hamas tunnels. HTTPS colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash live slash 2024 slash 01 slash 31 slash world slash Israel dash Hamas dash war dash Gaza dash news hash sign Israel dash flooding dash tunnels dash Hamas. The Iraq-based militia, Qatai B. Hezbollah, hints at pressure from Iran and Iraq. HTTPS colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash live slash 2024 slash 01 slash 31 slash world slash Israel dash Hamas dash war dash Gaza dash news hash sign Jordan dash drone dash Iran dash Iraq dash Qatar dash Hezbollah. In a surprise move, an Iran-linked militia in Iraq that the Pentagon said was likely responsible for a lethal drone attack on a U.S. base in Jordan over the weekend announced on Tuesday that it was suspending military operations in Iraq under pressure from the Iraqi government and from Iran. The announcement came shortly after President Biden said that he had decided how to respond to the attack in Jordan on Sunday that left three U.S. soldiers dead, though he did not say what that response would be. His comment raised fears in Iraq about a possibly retaliatory U.S. attack on its territory. The militia, Qatibi Hezbollah, or Brigades of the Party of God, is the largest and most established of the Iran-linked groups operating in Iraq. 
It has spearheaded a majority of the some 160 attacks on U.S. military installations in Iraq and Syria that have occurred since Israel began its ground operations in Gaza, acting in response to the October 7 attack Hamas led from the enclave. The U.S. military has about 2,500 troops in Iraq advising and training the Iraqi army and about 900 in Syria, supporting the Kurdish-Syrian defense forces in their fight against the Islamic State. Qatib Hezbollah is part of what is known as the Axis of Resistance, a network of Iran-backed groups operating in Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Yemen and occasionally farther afield. Qatib Hezbollah is separate from the Hezbollah militia in Lebanon. The other two Iraqi groups that are believed to have been involved in strikes U.S. targets, Harakat al-Nujaba and Sayyid Shuhada, have not announced they will halt attacks. The leader of Qatibi Hezbollah, Abu Hussein al-Hamadawi, said in a statement, We announced the suspension of military and security operations against the occupation forces in order to prevent embarrassment to the Iraqi government. It was the first time that the militia had publicly declared a suspension of operations. The statement made clear that Iran had pressured the group to stop the attacks on U.S. troops and that Qatibi Hezbollah was not happy about it. The group made a point of suggesting that it chooses its own targets and timing, rather than following Iran's orders. Our brothers in the Axis, especially in the Islamic Republic of Iran, they do not know how we conduct our jihad, and they often object to the pressure and escalation against the American occupation forces in Iraq and Syria, the statement said. Asked about Qatibi Hezbollah's announcement, a Defense Department spokesman, Major General Pat Ryder, said at a Pentagon briefing, I don't have a specific comment to provide other than actions speak louder than words. He added, I'm going to refrain from editorializing on those kinds of comments after 160-plus attacks against U.S. forces. Interviews with Iraqi and Iranian officials close to both governments suggest that there were intensive negotiations in recent days aimed at pushing Qatibi Hezbollah to stop its attacks. Iraq's Prime Minister, Mohammad Shia al-Sadani, started pushing for a halt several weeks ago, according to senior government advisers. He was endeavoring to start negotiations on an eventual withdrawal of the U.S.-led international military presence in Iraq, but the American side had not wanted to negotiate while under fire, according to Iraqi and U.S. officials. The United States eventually did agree to start talks without a guarantee the attacks would stop, but with a clear push in that direction. Qatibi Hezbollah and other groups had ignored the Iraqi government's request to stand down, but once the attack in Jordan on Sunday took American lives, Mr. Sadani demanded a complete halt from Qatibi Hezbollah. Mr. Sadani reached out directly to Iran, according to a military strategist for the Revolutionary Guards who works closely with the Axis groups in Iraq. Mr. Sadani made the argument that he was trying to negotiate what Iran most wanted, to end the U.S. troop presence in Iraq, and that Qatibi Hezbollah's attacks were undermining his government's ability to do so, according to the Iranian military strategist and a senior Iraqi official, who spoke anonymously to discuss private negotiations. An Iraqi government spokesman, Hisham al-Rakabi, painted much the same picture. Qatibi Hezbollah's decision came as a result of the action taken by the Prime Minister internally and externally to prevent escalation and to ensure the smooth completion of negotiations on completing the process of the international coalition's withdrawal from Iraq, he said. 
Mr. Arakabi added, we hope that all parties will listen to the government's call in order to reduce tension and ensure that there are no hotspots of tension in the region, and in Iraq in particular. Involved in the negotiations were senior officials in Mr. Sadani's government who are close to Iran, according to Iraqi and Iranian officials close to their respective government leaders. Among those involved in the negotiations were former Prime Minister Nuri al-Maliki and the leaders of two armed groups that have not targeted U.S. forces, Qais al-Ghazali and Hadi al-Amari. Participating in the talks on the Iranian side was General Esmail Khani, the leader of the Quds Force, a division of the Revolutionary Guards that works with Axis groups outside Iran. Reporting was contributed by Fali Hassan from Baghdad, Farnaz Fasahai from New York and Eric Schmidt from Washington. Alyssa J. Rubin, https colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash by slash alyssa-j rubin. Israel repeats its calls for halting funds to the UN agency that aids Gaza. https slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash live slash 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 world slash Israel Hamas war Gaza news hashtag Israel repeats its calls for halting funds to the UN agency that aids Gaza. Israel repeated its call on Tuesday for the international community to defund the United Nations agency that plays a crucial role in aiding Palestinians in Gaza and that has no clear replacement. At least nine countries have said they are suspending funding to the agency, known by its acronym UNRWA, after Israel accused at least 12 of the agency's employees of participating in the October 7 Hamas-led attacks. Israel also claims that as many as 1,300 employees of the agency, roughly 10% of the agency's workforce, are members of Hamas. Israel's military invasion has displaced most of Gaza's 2.2 million residents. UNRWA runs schools and shelters in the territory and distributes food, water and medicine, and it said that it might have to halt operations by the end of February because of a lack of funding. If it collapses, there is no obvious alternative. Sigrid Kag, the new UN coordinator overseeing aid entering Gaza, made her inaugural briefing to the UN Security Council in a closed session on Tuesday and afterward told reporters that there was no way that any organization can replace UNRWA in supporting Palestinian civilians. For years, many Israeli leaders have wanted to disband UNRWA. They accused the agency of being influenced by our colluding with Hamas, which controlled Gaza and oversees the little civilian public administration left there. The U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, Linda Thomas-Greenfield, said after the Security Council session that the allegations about UNRWA employees should not undermine the efforts that UNRWA is making to provide life-saving assistance. In Washington, lawmakers from both parties said Tuesday that there needed to be a humanitarian organization in Gaza to provide critical aid to civilians. In a House subcommittee hearing, some argued that UNRWA should not administer aid, citing years of reports from groups like United Nations Watch that have linked employees to terrorist organizations and to anti-Semitic teachings in schools. The UN responded swiftly to last week's accusations, saying that it had fired several employees after being briefed on Israel's allegations. https colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash 2024 slash 01 slash 28 slash world slash Middle East slash Gaza dash Anarwa dash Hamas dash Israel dot HTML. Alan Levy, an Israeli government spokesman, called for an end to UNRWA funding on Tuesday and said the agency was a front for Hamas and that its leadership should resign or be dismissed. 
In a video posted to his social media account, Mr. Levy said that two Israeli hostages had said they were held in the homes of UNRWA teachers. His claims could not be independently verified. Philippe Lazzarini, the head of the agency, said last weekend that it would be immensely irresponsible to sanction an agency and an entire community it serves because of allegations of criminal acts against some individuals, especially at a time of war, displacement and political crises in the region. Eileen Sullivan contributed reporting from Washington. Guy Gupta, https colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash by slash Gupta. Biden says he has decided on a response to a lethal militia attack in Jordan. https colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash live slash 2024 slash 01 slash 31 slash world slash Israel dash Hamas dash war dash Gaza dash news hash sign Biden dash Jordan dash drone dash strike dash response. President Biden said on Tuesday that he had decided on a U.S. response to the drone attack on a remote outpost in Jordan on Sunday that killed three American soldiers and injured more than 40 others, leaving unstated what that decision was. Asked by reporters outside the White House whether he had decided on a response to the lethal attack, Mr. Biden said, yes, but declined to provide further details. John F. Kirby, a National Security Council spokesman, refused to elaborate on Mr. Biden's remarks other than to say it was very possible that the United States would carry out a tiered approach, not just a single action, but potentially multiple actions over a period of time. Biden administration officials have blamed an explosives-laden drone, most likely launched by an Iran-backed militia in Iraq, for the attack, the most deadly of the more than 160 militia attacks the Pentagon says U.S. forces have come under in the region since the start of the war between Israel and Hamas in Gaza nearly four months ago. Mr. Biden has vowed to retaliate and has met twice this week with his national security aides to discuss targets in Syria, Iraq and Iran. He could order strikes on Iran's proxy forces, a major escalation of the whack-a-mole attacks the United States has conducted in recent weeks in Syria, Iraq and Yemen. Or Mr. Biden could opt to attack the Iranian suppliers of drones and missiles, perhaps including inside Iranian territory, which poses a much higher risk. His first targets could well be members of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, many of whom are based in Syria and Iraq, officials said. Mr. Biden emphasized on Tuesday that he was seeking to avert a broader regional conflict, telling reporters as he prepared to depart for a fundraising swing in southern Florida, I don't think we need a wider war in the Middle East. That's not what I'm looking for. Analysts at the Pentagon and its Central Command continued their investigation on Tuesday into how the drone evaded air defenses at the small resupply base, Tower 22, in northeast Jordan, near its borders with Iraq and Syria. A major contributing factor was that, the enemy drone was mistaken for an American surveillance drone, returning to the remote resupply base, and air defenses failed to shoot it down before it slammed into a living quarters early Sunday while troops were still asleep in their beds, U.S. officials said on Monday. This could very well have been a combat identification problem, said Thomas Caraco, who directs the Missile Defense Project at the Center for Strategic and International Studies in Washington. About 350 Army and Air Force personnel are deployed to the Tower 22 outpost. It serves as a logistics and resupply hub for Al-Tanf garrison in nearby southeastern Syria, where U.S. troops work with local Syrian partners to fight remnants of the Islamic State.
The Pentagon on Monday identified the dead soldiers as Sergeant William Jerome Rivers, 46, of Carrollton, Georgia, Specialist Kennedy Layden Sanders, 24, of Waycross, Georgia, and Specialist Brianna Alexandria Moffitt, 23, of Savannah, Georgia. The three were assigned to the 718th Engineer Company, 926th Engineer Battalion, 926th Engineer Brigade, and Army Reserve Unit based in Fort Moore, GA. The U.S. Army Reserve said on Tuesday it had posthumously promoted Specialist Sanders and Moffitt to the rank of sergeant in recognition of their exceptional courage, dedication and leadership. Mr. Biden and Defense Secretary Lloyd J. Austin III are expected to receive the remains of the three soldiers on Friday at Dover Air Force, Delaware. Eric Schmidt, reporting from Washington, D.C. Israeli forces opened fire on the grounds of another hospital in Gaza, an aid group says. HTTPS colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash live slash 2024 slash 01 slash 31 slash world slash Israel dash Hamas dash war dash Gaza dash news hash sign Israel dash Gaza dash L dash Hamal dash hospital. Israeli forces stormed the grounds of another hospital in Gaza after bombing the area around it for nine consecutive days, the Palestine Red Crescent Society said on Tuesday. The besieged facility, the Alamal Hospital in the southern city of Khan Yunus, is run by the Red Crescent and located inside a compound that is home to the local headquarters of the aid group and to one of its ambulance centers. Thousands of displaced people were sheltering at the compound when Israeli forces moved tanks into the hospital's front yard, fired live ammunition and smoke grenades and ordered people to leave the premises, the Red Crescent said. Earlier in the day, the organization said, at least one displaced person had been killed and nine others injured by heavy shelling and gunfire around the compound. In a statement, the Israeli military denied that it had operated inside the Alamal hospital on Tuesday or called for its evacuation but did not answer specific questions about actions in and around the broader hospital compound. The Israeli military has accused Hamas of operating command and control centers inside hospitals in Gaza and has raided healthcare facilities up and down the Strip. Those include Al-Shifa Hospital in Gaza City, Al-Lada Hospital in Jabalia, Kamal Adwan Hospital in Bait Lahia and Al-Kher Hospital near Khan Yunis. Hamas, Palestinian officials and hospital workers have denied Israel's claims. The Israeli military made similar accusations last week about Hamas militants operating from within the Al-Amal hospital. The Red Crescent firmly denied the allegation, saying, in a statement, that Israel's siege and its consequences are a blatant violation of international agreements to protect medical and humanitarian missions. Those consequences have been particularly dire for some 7,000 displaced people who have been forced to take shelter around the hospital, the aid group said. On Monday alone, the Red Crescent reported that the hospital's surgical ward had ceased operations because of a lack of oxygen supplies, that two displaced people were killed while trying to retrieve the body of a third and that emergency teams were having trouble reaching the wounded because of gunfire. Late Tuesday evening, the aid group announced that a baby girl at the hospital had died because of the lack of oxygen supplies. Occupation vehicles have retreated from the vicinity of Alamal Hospital. The Red Crescent added in a separate statement, while shelling and gunfire continue in the hospital's surroundings. 
Anushka Patil, https colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash by slash Anushka dash An Israeli charity that helps Palestinians grapples with the October 7th attacks. https colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash live slash 2024 slash 01 slash 31 slash world slash Israel dash Hamas dash war dash Gaza dash news hash sign road dash to dash recovery dash Israel dash charity dash Hamas dash Gaza. Nearly every week for a decade, IRI Castle picked up sick Palestinian children at Israel's Erez border crossing with Gaza and drove them with their guardians to Israeli hospitals for treatment. But on October 7, the crossing was raided by Palestinian militants who blasted the passport control booths and magnetic scanners as they stormed into southern Israel. The deadly attacks plunged Israel into all-out war in Gaza and disrupted the work of Road to Recovery, the Israeli non-profit organization that Mr. Castle volunteers for, which has ferried more than 1,500 Palestinian patients a year to Israeli hospitals. Several of the group's volunteers died in the Hamas-led attack, including Vivian Silver, a prominent peace activist who was killed in her home at Kibbutz Bieri in southern Israel. Others were taken hostage, like Oded and Yeheved Lifshitz, a couple in their 80s from near Oz, a kibbutz near the Gaza border. Dozens more lost loved ones or were evacuated from their homes near Gaza. The organization's staff and volunteer drivers were devastated. It was a blow to the stomach, Mr. Castle said. Even for those who survived the attacks, he said, there was an almost physical pain. Road to Recovery was founded in 2010 by Yuval Roth, a peace activist whose brother had been kidnapped and killed nearly 20 years earlier by Hamas militants. The group helps Palestinians from Gaza and the West Bank access medical treatment in Israel, where health services are among the most advanced in the region. In order to be treated in Israel, Palestinian families have to navigate several obstacles. The Palestinian Authority's Ministry of Health must agree to absorb the cost of the treatment. Then, families have had to obtain permission from Hamas to exit Gaza and from Israel to cross the border. Once they are inside Israel, the cost of traveling to a hospital can be prohibitive for many Palestinian families. That is where Road to Recovery comes in. Yael Noy, the organization's chief executive, said its work is as much about humanitarian aid as it is about fostering personal connections between Israelis and Palestinians. Palestinians see Israelis as soldiers at checkpoints, and many Israelis don't see Palestinians at all, she said in an interview. These rides are an opportunity for a clean, direct human encounter. Mr. Castle, 77, a retired educator, said he rarely discussed politics directly with Palestinians he picked up, although the conflict surfaced in numerous ways. Once, he drove a family to a hospital during a flare-up in hostilities between Israel and Hamas. I found myself explaining what they should do in case sirens go off, signaling Hamas rocket fire, he said. Later, after he had driven them back to Gaza, he heard from the family that their house had been damaged by an Israeli attack. Some of the drives pass in silence. Conversations are often stilted because of the language barrier. Still, volunteers say they have formed relationships with Palestinian families. 
The morning after the October 7 attacks, as gunfights still raged in towns near Gaza, volunteers showed up at the crossing with the West Bank to pick up sick Palestinian children. The group's work has continued in the West Bank, even as Israel has all but banned crossings from Gaza. Some volunteer drivers say that, since the attacks, friends have called them naive or radical for continuing to help Palestinians. The group says donations have slowed, as even Israelis who support its work prioritize giving to other initiatives. Mr. Castle said that while he admired friends who continued to volunteer, it was now too hard for him to do so. I know that people in Gaza are enduring huge suffering, their houses and economy are ruined, they've become refugees again, medical care is almost non-existent, he said. But emotionally, he added, I feel angry and hurt, even betrayed. Still, Ms. Noy said, the group has signed up some new volunteers. In the West Bank, it is back to running its usual number of daily rides. Several volunteers who were evacuated from their homes near Gaza have changed their routes and now drive from their temporary hotel accommodations to pick up Palestinian patients at a crossing near Bethlehem. It's a way of holding on to hope, Ms. Noy said. When we help Palestinians heal, we also heal ourselves. Gal Kopelwitz, https colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash by slash gal dash As fighting rages in Gaza City, some residents are forced to move again. https slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash live slash 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 world slash Israel Hamas war Gaza news hashtag as fighting rages in Gaza City some residents are forced to move again. Several weeks after Israel partly withdrew from the northern Gaza Strip, intense clashes have broken out between Israeli soldiers and Hamas militants, sending weary residents on treacherous journeys in search of safety. On Sunday evening, deafening booms ripped through Gaza City, the enclave's most populous city before the war, and powerful explosions lit up the night sky, residents said. The fighting came after a period of relative quiet for some residents of the north. https slash 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 live slash 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 world slash Israel Hamas news hashtag as Israel scales back its campaign in the north where Gaza City residents get some respite. The situation was calm, but then there was violent bombing, shelling, and clashes, Gada Ikram, 23, a solar panel technician, said in an interview. It was extremely dangerous. Ms. Akram had been living with her parents and nine siblings on the grounds of a gutted tailor shop in Gaza City, sleeping without pillows or blankets for most of the past month. Hamas fighters have tried to re-establish themselves in recent weeks in parts of northern Gaza captured by Israel, according an Israeli security official, who spoke on the condition of anonymity because they were not authorized to speak to reporters. The Israeli army has sought to prevent Hamas from regrouping, and clashes have ensued, the official said. The fighting indicates that even though the Israeli military said it has dismantled Hamas's command structure in the north, the group has continued to pose a challenge for Israel. On Monday morning, an Israeli drone flew over Gaza City and called on residents to relocate. Ms. Akram and her family gathered their belongings and joined a procession of people flowing south. At first, they had no destination, but then a family friend across town agreed to take them in, even though the friend was already hosting 40 people. We're exhausted, Ms. Akram said. We've just been going from place to place. It doesn't stop. 
Since the start of the war, nearly two million people in Gaza have been displaced, many of them multiple times. The constant relocation has been particularly hard on large families who have struggled to find space in crowded shelters or in the homes of friends and relatives. Even the quieter days before the latest round of fighting were tiring, Ms. Akram said. She described walking long distances to collect drinking water, cooking food on a makeshift stove and waiting in line for an hour to use a restroom. The simplest things have become real challenges, she said. Ms. Akram said some foods were available but skyrocketing prices had made them difficult to afford. Her family, she said, was subsisting mainly on rice, but they had recently tried bread made from flour mixed with animal feed, a practice that has surfaced in recent weeks in the north. Food shortages in northern Gaza have been particularly severe, with insufficient aid trucks reaching Gaza City and the surrounding towns, according to UN officials. When the war ends, Ms. Akram and her family are hoping to leave Gaza because life there has become unbearable, she said. There's barely anything left here, she said. It will take so many years to rebuild what was lost, the schools, the universities, the institutions, the homes. Adam Raskin, reporting from Jerusalem. The Israeli military confirms that it has begun flooding Hamas tunnels. HTTPS colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash live slash 2024 slash 01 slash 31 slash world slash Israel dash Hamas dash war dash Gaza dash news hash sign Israel dash flooding dash tunnels dash Hamas. The Israeli military said Tuesday that it had begun pumping water into the vast network of tunnels beneath Gaza, which Hamas has used to launch attacks, store weapons and imprison Israeli hostages. The military has implemented new capabilities to neutralize underground terrorist infrastructure in the Gaza Strip by channeling large volumes of water into the tunnels, the Israeli military said in a statement. The statement was the military's first public acknowledgement that its engineers were flooding tunnels, a contentious strategy that some military officials have said is ineffective and that the UN has warned could damage Gaza's drinking water and sewage systems. Even before the war started in October, Israeli military officials had warned that Hamas's tunnels presented a major threat. In the months since Israel launched its ground offensive and started uncovering the underground network, military spokesmen have expressed surprise at the length, depth and quality of the tunnels. Some sections of the network are large enough to drive a truck through. Elsewhere, the military has discovered underground chambers in which, they say, some of the 240 hostages taken to Gaza after the Hamas-led assault on October 7 have been held. Senior Israeli defense officials, who spoke on the condition of anonymity to discuss intelligence matters, estimated this month that the underground network is between 350 and 450 miles, extraordinary figures for a territory that at its longest point is only 25 miles. Two of the officials said there are close to 5,700 separate shafts leading down to the tunnels. In December, after reports that the military had begun experimenting with flooding some tunnels in northern Gaza, a UN official in Gaza warned against it. It will cause severe damage to the already fragile water and sewage infrastructure that's in Gaza, said Lynn Hastings, then the UN's humanitarian coordinator for the Palestinian territories. 
In its statement Tuesday the military said it had selected tunnels to flood after an analysis of the soil characteristics and the water systems in the area to ensure that damage is not done to the area's groundwater. The military began experimenting with flooding tunnels only after the war began, according to three military officials with knowledge of the effort, which was codenamed Atlantis. The purpose was never to drown Hamas fighters taking refuge in the subterranean network, but rather to flush them out, the officials said. On the whole, however, the project has had limited success, the officials added. Despite large volumes of water being pumped, many of the tunnels are porous, resulting in seepage into the surrounding soil rather than a deluge through the passageways.